Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, anywhere else that you can find podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, tell your friends to subscribe, and check out the other podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls, like us on Facebook at Locked On Bulls, and if you want to advertise with us or have questions you want us to answer on the show, make sure you email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. I'm Sean Hyken, with me as always, Cody Westerlin. Cody. Last day of the offseason, a lot going on. The Nico watch ends at 86 days, and Dwayne Wade Dwayne Wade's is out. no longer a Chicago Bull. <clears throat> Excuse me, as Casey Johnson of the Chicago Tribune first reported, uh, the Bulls and D. Wade reached a contract buyout agreement on the eve of training camp. The 35-year-old Wade now becomes a free agent to choose his next destination. He had opted into his $23.8 million Player option on June 20th, two days before the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler and embarked on a new direction. Uh, D-Wade said, hey, I want that cash. Well, he gave $8 million of that back, according to reports. So he will get about $16 million of that $23.8 million from the Bulls. Sean, what was your initial takeaway to just this happening? I think we knew it was going to happen at some point, sooner than some probably expected, though. I was a little surprised it happened now, but I I think he must have just decided. What what you know what probably happened was he saw his boy Carmelo get traded <laughs> from the Knicks to a contender or a pseudo contender, I guess. Uh, and we'll and we'll get to the Carmelo trade a little bit later, but he saw his boy Melo get traded to a better situation. He probably just looked at the Bulls roster and were like, and was like, you know what? I'll give eight million dollars back. It's fine. I want to go. I want to go to Cleveland or Miami or San Antonio or wherever. We'll get into where he might go. But yeah, I think, I think this probably was his plan all along. I, I don't think the mellow thing has much to do with it. Although, like once a banana boater, always a banana boater for life. I guess. Um, Three of the four banana boat Chris squad Paul. members changed teams this summer. Yeah, and like they were. It wasn't just like they're doing, you know, like her team just traded them, like there was drama and friction and they had a heavy hand in all of this and deciding where they're going next and everything. But look, D-Wade spent the whole summer ignoring the Bulls, like completely ignoring the Bulls. Every time he was cornered by a reporter on the few occasions he was, he would not say anything about his future with the Bulls. So I think this was probably his... His hope all along, like, but when he saw it and like realized as July carried on and free agency um, was over and he actually looked at the roster, I, I I don't think we should mistake his silence previously and saying I'm open to a mentorship role for saying like that's what he actually wanted to do. I think it just deadlines have a way of you know pushing all the chips on the table or accelerating something that's going to happen. And the deadline for Dwayne Wade was having to show up and put up with. A young team. He, he he was going to have to share a locker room with how many players are on the team? Fifteen if he would have been there. I think fourteen yeah. when we take out the training camp guys and two A contract guys. Like 
Was he going to know the name of more than seven of those guys? No. no, he wasn't. You had like half the guys that were on the team last year. He probably. Do you think he knows like Bobby Portis's name? Yes, or... he knows Bobby's name. But like, David Nwaba walks in the locker room and D Wade's going to be like, "Where am I? What did I get myself into?" And look, that's just the harsh reality of a rebuild. But hey, I think the Bulls need credit here. Okay, Bulls front office needs credit. Um, not cool. Back in July 2016 when they signed D-Wade for the bigger picture of things, because obviously last year didn't work out. There was some friction. $24 million is a lot of money to throw on a second-year play option. But look, they were just going to invite drama. Not trouble, maybe. like I, It wasn't going to be real trouble or difficulties, but it, it was just going to be drama that wasn't needed if Dwayne Wade was around when the ball tipped off for training camp, let alone the regular season down the line. Um, because he wasn't going to be happy. Like, D-Wade's a great A celebrity, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a guy who's an icon in the NBA, in pop culture at large. Like, he was too big for a rebuilding project. Just him as a person, as just, it wasn't going to work. And the Bulls reached an agreement to get part ways with him before it became a problem. And also, like, the money thing doesn't bother me. Like, I know John Paxson got criticized a little bit um, for saying on the radio the other day, like, it can't be something that the player wins in a buyout agreement. And I understand that criticism, but and I agree with that. But when push came to shove, like, they they didn't really be like, oh, no, it's got to be 10 or $12 million. They gave him $16 million. If he gets a mid-level exception from somewhere, I haven't looked through all the teams who has him. Like, he can almost get to that $24 million still. And if D-Wade takes a veteran's minimum contract or... Um, one of the smaller room exceptions or something that a team has for $3 million. Look, he's still not getting $24 million quite if it's a room level um, something, but like he can still get $19, $20 million out of this, you know? So, out of the teams, I think he's probably going to end up giving back more like 4 or $5 million once yeah. he gets, because out of, this is uh, Bobby Marks from ESPN just out of the teams that are rumored to be interested, or, or that he would be interested in that joining. That would be a fit. Yeah. Miami has four point two million to offer him. San Antonio has three point three million. Cleveland has two point five million. Oklahoma City has two point three million, which is just the minimum. So, basically, he's making. Let let let's say so. So Woj reported that uh, he is giving back eight million, which means his salary will be fifteen point eight. If he takes a minimum deal from Cleveland or Oklahoma yeah. City, that would get him up to about eighteen million, which means he gives back six or so if he takes the deal from san antonio or the or uh miami who have a little bit more he's you know he's getting closer to 20 where do you think he's gonna land cleveland you think so that's the two 2.5 million yeah um lower end of that that makes all the sense in the world because he and lebron are best friends that's (laughs) his best that's his best that's his best chance to win i mean just spent a week working out in la together like just going through the grind i mean they looked like college roommates, best friends for life type thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, that makes all the sense in the world. San Antonio, um... I understand it. Like, he, I don't you know, see that. They're, a good organ- they're a great organization. You can, you know, you can say, you know, he had a lot of respect for Pop. Like, you know, Kawhi Leonard would obviously cover up a lot of his age-related things on the defensive end. Uh, like, I, I can understand how, the, how a team like San Antonio could be appealing to somebody like Wade just because of their culture and all that stuff. But, like... 
This, they're not beating the Warriors. If he wants to, if he wants to win a championship, go to Cleveland, get to the finals, right? Exactly. And then go even, from there. Even Oklahoma City, even after this Carmelo trade, I think that makes them a lot better in the West. But they're still not beating Golden State. So if he go, if he goes to Cleveland, I think Cleveland is still the favorites to win the East and get to the finals. LeBron, so. D Rose, and um, D Wade on the same team—that just like blows your mind. The possibility of that, like that was the Bulls' dream in 2010 <laughs> or whatever. Like that is just. The NBA is crazy. Man. This is so wild. And if, if you had told us, like, what was it, seven years ago when that, when that summer was, when they all went to Miami, yeah. uh, that that would happen in Cleveland and that Wade and Rose would be on minimum deals? <laughs> like, absolutely mind boggling. It just shows how, you know, how, how much this stuff changes. I think Cleveland. I mean, my, Miami, like, I guess just because of the sentimental thing, because that's Pat where he Riley played. loves D Wade. He Riley, still loves him. Like, I get it, but like they're not close to contending, yeah. and he's gonna. He's still like if he wants it, he's gonna have a role in that organization for the rest yeah, of like, his life. He can like, he can chase championships with LeBron for a year or two now, and then go and play his final season in Miami or something. Right. You know. Um, so I think Cleveland is the front runner. Okay. I, I, Alex, I, Alex Kennedy of Hoops Hype reported that the Lakers are reaching out to him too. I just I just <laughs> why I don't, I don't see him doing no. Get out of here. Get out When's of here. When's his deal with Lee Ning up? Maybe he could sign with Big Baller Brand and get, like, the D-Wade Big Baller Brand signature shirt. Get out of here. I did want to get to a uh, couple of tweets of Casey Johnson of the Trib. Yeah, Casey um, actually talked to Wade. He's done an excellent job on this and broke that news. Um, Dwayne Wade said he understood the Bulls' rebuilding project. He insinuated that they told him it was possible they could trade Jimmy. Here's the things we're looking at. And they left it open-ended. Um, not one way or the other. So, um... D-Wade did um, praise ownership and management. I'm sure the $23.8 million and the $47 million over a couple of years, I guess maybe that's $39.40 now from Bulls, I'm sure that colors his view of the Bulls front office and management and ownership being good to him because... Uh, they gave him a golden parachute yeah, contract than, and yeah, nowhere else to go. other than the $500 or $1,000 they took from him for the one time when he yelled at his teammates. It was great on the financial front for Dwayne Wade in Chicago. Um, but he did point out that... He's very much looking at... He got fined for the throat-slashing gesture, too. Yeah, Lost that, a little that was money from the NBA, there. not from the Bulls. So. Lost a little money there. Um, D-Wade told KC that he's looking for the, quote, right role, um, that he still feels he can play. So I think he's obviously... Look, he's he's smart. He knows that there's nowhere he's going to go and start 82 games and average 20 points a game anymore. Like, that that was last year with the Bulls averaging, what, 18.3, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no more of that for him anymore. I think he understands that now. Um, no doubt. But it also should be noted that Dwayne Wade said that it'd be a different conversation that he's having tonight, tomorrow, if Rajon Rondo hadn't got hurt and the Bulls had held off the Celtics in round one when they were up 2-0, which is just, again, like, this idea, this is just absurd to me that the direction of our franchise could have been set because Rajon Rondo broke his, what was a thumb? Or hand, yeah. Whatever, uh digit it was there. It's been a long um, off season. Like, that's that shouldn't affect anything, whether they upset the Celtics or not. Like, your belief had to either be in building around Jimmy or not building around Jimmy. And look, that team when, wasn't good. Like, I think no. that I think if Rondo, I I think both of these things are true. I think if Rondo hadn't gotten hurt, they would have won that series against the Celtics. And I don't think that. Should and have I also think that I also think that team wasn't actually good, and they would have gotten demolished by Washington in the second round. Yeah, I think so too. Like, I mean, look. The Bulls can play this, and look, the Celtics were overachievers um, this past season, and you know they were overachievers 
because their front office completely blew up the team because they thought they had reached their pinnacle. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't blow up a team that's the one seed and wins 50-some games and goes to the Eastern Conference Finals unless you think they've reached their max point. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, that Boston team was a team the Bulls, a great matchup for them um, in that sense when Rondo was on the floor, a team they could match up with. But the Bulls were still so far away from competing at a championship, not, not even championship level, just competing with the new age NBA team like the Wizards or the Cavs that are shooting 43-pointers a game. The, the Bulls are nowhere near that on the team they had last year, just dragging their feet in the mud years behind. Um, so that gap was really big. It should be noted, D-Wade um, told the Tribune, um, that he was surprised you've got one of the top five or six players in the game and you were able to build that in-house, referring to Jimmy Butler, uh, and then being surprised that the Bulls traded Jimmy Butler. So count Dwayne Wade, probably to no surprise, in the you-can-build-a-championship contender around Jimmy Butler, which the Bulls didn't think they could. Well, he and Jimmy are boys. Like, they grew to be really close. But I, I, another reason to me I think that Cleveland makes the most sense to him, to me, is like, and you said something earlier about him not having to start 82 games a year. The Cavs don't care about the regular season. LeBron's going to be taking half the games off because he wants to rest for the playoffs. It's like the perfect fit. He and Wade can both do that together. That's very true. That's a good point. Um, Dwayne Wade also, was he not the one late in the season who defended Fred Hoiberg? What was the occasion exactly when D-Wade went out of his way to defend Fred? It was uh, exit interviews. Yeah, they, he did it in the season two. He insinuated that um, Fred, you, you have to understand that he didn't sign up for this, um, everything that's going on, I feel like. And he kind of said that again. D-Wade told the Tribune, quote, Fred takes a lot of flack. I don't think they uh, should disrespect him like they have, basically. Um, he hasn't had the opportunity he signed up to have, and I hope they get there and give him a team that works with his personality and his coaching style and his assistant coaches' style. They were nothing but great to me, and I appreciate Fred. So there's Jimmy again saying, or excuse me, Dwayne Wade saying, basically that the Bulls have undermined Fred Hoiberg when it comes <laughs> to stylistically playing basketball, which many outside observers, and we've pounded this home on hundreds of occasions, Basically, um, have said. But you know like, what? You know what? One Dwayne of the key, saying. You know what? One of the key signings was that really undermined them being able to play Fred's style. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Dwayne Wade. The irony is just <laughs> terrific. Um, I mean, what's like the lasting legacy of Dwayne Wade in Chicago? Like he did a tremendous amount of off-court work. Did a lot of great stuff. Great in the community. community work, and that's like real. That's meaningful to him. So um, two he's things. He's the one who had a cousin. Um, who was shot down in the line of fire mm -hmm. by gang-related activity. Like, look, he's left a great, great legacy off the court. Two things. Chicago. Two things on to me that stick out for Dwayne Wade's on-court <laughs> okay. legacy in Chicago. One was Cristiano Felicio stealing his triple-double in okay. Cleveland and okay. Wade's reaction to that. Yes. Two was that blown fast-break dunk against the Kings that he got bailed out on with the phantom foul call against DeMarcus Cousins. Because it led to Boogie Cousins throwing trash cans into the wall in the halls of the I United still Center. have the picture on my phone of the upended trash can in the back hall of the United Center. It's just absolutely wonderful. Um, I think the legacy, no doubt, is going to be him calling his younger teammates out. Um, that too. That I, I mean, when you look back at the year, that we're going to have the three alphas comment that Rondo created and included, obviously, Wade and Jimmy in. 
That, that's what we'll remember. We'll remember the fact that the three alphas... Here's, here's what I do like in life sometimes, is when all our predetermined beliefs and notions get backed up and exactly what you expected to happen happens <laughs> after everyone said this is going to happen after the Bulls signed Dwayne Wade. And then it ends up being just terrible stylistically offense for the Bulls because they can't shoot three-pointers and have some redundant pieces and three guys that needed the ball in their hands. Like, that's what we're going to remember basketball-wise was we thought it was going to be a basketball disaster, and it was largely a basketball disaster. There was that first week of the season, though, where Three it looked like it was going to work, though. 3-0. and Yeah, everything was sunshine and roses then. Um, but I think just that disaster part, and then when we think of one specific instance, we're going to think when Dwayne Wade called out his younger teammates and incited Rajon Rondo to have a stern rebuke on Instagram and say, my veterans wouldn't have done that in Boston, basically. Um, so I think that's what we'll remember uh, most. It was, it was an experience. Like, it was an experience just being covering Dwayne Wade. You know what I mean? Like, he was phenomenal to cover, just from is, a media like, standpoint. He's so, he, the thing he is, gets he, it. The thing about him is he's so savvy, and he knows it's going to make him look good and make people write nice things about him if he's cooperative with the media. So he's, he, he was always great about that stuff. Yeah, uh, we need to transition a little bit to, and we'll talk about this too on Monday after media day when we record again. Um, just this is what this means for the Bulls players as it pertains. We have plenty of time in training camp, but we're looking at Paul Zipser and Justin Holiday starting on opening night now, or assuming, maybe Denzel Valentine. Assuming Zach Levine isn't cleared by opening night, we, but we're looking at Chris Dunn, Paul Zipser, Justin Justin Holiday, Nico Meritich, who we'll get to in a second. And Robin Lopez starting on opening night for the Bulls. It's going to be ugly. So are they going to draft this Marvin is... Bagley, Michael Porter, or Luka Doncic? That's the question about this season. Well, I think the Bulls just... I I don't want to go too far out on a limb here, make any guarantees, but with Dwayne Wade leaving the team before the first practice and going through this roster... Um, no one's going to be older than 29 years old. Most of these guys are going to be between, like, 20 and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, I, top four pick for sure. I, I oh, really God, think yes. that Bulls just locked in the worst record in the league. I think so. I don't think anyone else is going to be able to get to their depths when it comes to record, which gives them the number one pick, or the highest odds for the number one pick. Can't get pushed back farther than fourth. So that's why I said, the Bulls, that's big breaking news. Instead of Dwayne Wade headline reaches buyout, we should just put breaking Bulls secure top four pick for certain in next year's draft. And look, they'll probably be a top three pick, probably a top two pick. I don't know if it'll be number one, but look, the Bulls are going to have an option, I think, to get Bagley, Porter, or Doncic, um, who I think they should go after one of those guys because they're forwards and guards, more playmakers, whereas Mm -hmm. um, DeAndre Ayton, for example, the center, um, is more of a game-changing defensive guy and more of... I don't know his offensive game that much yet, but like he's not the fulcrum of the offense and the playmaker. Go get a guy who's gonna get twenty some points and create plays for other people uh, easily. But so you want to wrap up Nico watch? Yeah, we gotta we gotta wrap up Nico watch. Eighty six days. Nico Miritich and the Bulls reached an agreement. Sunday Literally the whole off season from July first, the first day of free agency, to the last day before the start of training camp, or yeah. the last day before media day. Eighty six yeah. days. They say all publicities. Good publicity, as long as what they like spell your name right and you're right. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Um. So Nico just wanted to be in the headlines all summer. He just wanted his name floating out there. 
free agent still. Still a free agent. He wanted a segment named after him on Locked On Bulls. That's on the true. Podcast That's Network. why he did it. We'll confirm at Media Day. That's why he did it. Um, but yeah, two-year, $27 million deal for Nico, who desired a longer-term contract at more average annual value. Um, but this was the system at work. And Second year is a team option, and he can veto a trade in the first year, which, which is not a thing he negotiated as much as it's just a, a part of the... CBA when it comes to like guys who were restricted free agents that first year if they were restricted free agents they re-sign they can veto a trade that's that's okay. just a CBA thing that's not bad negotiating by the Bulls before anyone gets on them for that yeah so like I mean they still view Nico as a trade chip and that's again I know Nico has not lived up to expectations in Chicago but that's probably a fair number for him 13 and a half million um look like he's still if he's not a starter he's at least what sixth man seventh man worthy and Changing dynamics in the NBA, a lot of seventh men, sixth men are still making $10 million. So, like, um, he could get phased out by the end of his time in Chicago, the end of this like deal, because of really um being really good. But, like, I think the number's fair as we look at it right now for a guy you're going to slot in and start. I've got, power forward. I've got no problem with this deal from either, from either perspective. He gets a little bit more money than the qualifying offer. And, you know, the Bulls get the option of, let's say he has a really good year and is finally consistent, they can keep him for another year for probably below what his market value would be. Or if it doesn't work out, they can either trade him before the, dead, the option deadline or just let him go. That's the other thing. So, look, I mean, the Bulls could have up to, I mean, we got to see where the salary cap lands in summer 2018 ahead of the 18-19 season. Um, but they have, when they touted financial flexibility – you need to realize how much financial flexibility they're going to have. They could have up to around $50 million in open salary cap space or even a tad more, I think. Obviously, if they bring Nico back, for example, that's more around $35, $36 million or whatnot. So they could um, max out Zach Levine next summer and still have a lot of cap space. Yeah, they could. Um, and that'll be a storyline for, for media day as we go early in training camp, whether they want to um, get a deal done with Zach Levine early here before the, I think, October 16th deadline or whatnot. But this Nico deal, like, the Bulls didn't want to make a lot of long-term commitments at... Like, I don't think the Bulls had any desire to, like, pay Nico four years and 52 million. No. You know what I mean? Like, if they could have got, like, four years and 40 million, sure. But that's far below market value for what Nico thinks, you know? Um, but that is, like, their main thing right now is that financial flexibility, um, whether it's 18 or 19. And they're going to be one of... Five teams that really have max space, probably, in mm-hmm. summer 2018. I like the way I look at that is I line it up, and I think that's like the ability to overpay a restricted free agent in the 2014 draft class, right? Like, let's say you have all that cap space and you really love someone like um, Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, <laughs> for example. Well, I don't know about the Bulls medical staff. <laughs> yeah, the team that's had so many knee problems with Derek. Rose, obviously, that'd be it'd be weird to have Joel Embiid, but maybe that's the draft class. I mean, Jabari Parker's in there. The Bucks are certainly yeah. going to keep him and wrap two ACLs. Him, I'd him up, but like, I mean, if there's someone in that class that the Bulls really like, they can offer him three or four million dollars more per year over a long-term deal, and really put the incumbent team in a tough position. You know what I mean? So like, this cast is like. It, it doesn't make sense for them to go out, I don't think, in summer 2018 and all of a sudden get a 28-year-old free agent in his prime because that doesn't match up on the timeline of Luka Doncic and um, Chris Dunn and Lowry Markin, you know? But you can go for that 
next tier guys below um, that next ascending um, rookie guys. So assuming rookie deals. assuming they still operate as an above the cap team, which all indications are they're going to renounce their cap space and still have exceptions. They have eleven point five million left of the Jimmy Butler trade, trade exception that they can use. Yeah, um, we got to think. How does this eight million that they get from? I guess that eight million doesn't come into play yet. If they want to use that exception, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's this is obviously going to be a decision they don't make until the end of the year. Right now, they yeah. have about eighteen million in cap space post Wade buyout. If we if we go by what Woj reported of uh, eight million or so, eight million plus, you know, with Nico, this is with Nico's deal. Uh, so they have more now. Right now, they actually have more cap space than they do that exception. Which you know, the Wade buyout obviously changed that. That wasn't the case earlier today when the Nico deal happened. Yeah, they had about seven or eight million so in cap space. We'll have to ask them tomorrow if they plan on continuing to operate above the cap um, or if they want to go below it. You know what I mean? Because now they're well below the salary floor. So yeah. they kind of have to take on money throughout the year to get to the floor. Well, yeah, because they're in the, what, low 80s now? They're 82. They're 82, and the salary yeah. cap is 99. And the floor yeah, so you got to get to 89 or 89.8 yeah. million or something like that. So, um, yeah, the Bulls, they have options there. Um, but crazy day for the Bulls, that's for sure. Yeah. And that came... One day after, it was a crazy day in the NBA because uh, Melo got shipped from the New York Knicks. Seven seasons in New York, I think, or at least parts of seven, seven. seasons, um, to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I love. Shout out and credit to the Thunder and Sam Presti and also down in Houston for the Rockets acquiring Chris Paul. Like, they're just going to fight Warrior star power with more star power. I don't know how it's all going to work. I don't think everyone in Oklahoma City knows how it's all going to work, but they got another star. I want to say this. Their Great. starting lineup is... It's... Be, the, the thing people need to remember, their defense is still going to be nasty when they want to be. Right, with because, Steven Adams, Paul yes. George, and uh, Andre Robertson. Robertson, yeah. Like, those are those are three elite-level defenders. And look, Russ is a good defender anytime he wants to be, basically. It's just not and a lot. When he, <laughs> yeah, and when he doesn't chase triple-doubles and 50 points and has a little more energy, he should be able to... Give a little more effort on defense, you know. Um, I would think. We'll see. But Melo slots in well at power forward for them. And it should be noted that a lot of Bulls ties here. A lot of Bulls ties in this trade. Doug McBucket's in New York. Doug McDermott was one of the three assets that went to the Knicks, along with Ennis Cantor, um, 25-year-old in his prime. And also a second-round pick that the Thunder sent the Knicks that was originally the Bulls pick that... Oklahoma City acquired puzzlingly, stunningly in the Cameron Payne trade, as you've pointed out on many occasions, Sean. <laughs> this is this is just another example of why it was so dumb of the Bulls to give up that pick. It's not even about what that pick turns into. It's not about, oh, you know, that pick might turn into a good player or that pick might turn into some Euro stash guy who's never gonna be in the league. Having second round picks gives you more things to throw into a trade like this if the opportunity presents itself. Sam Presti, like, when there were the first first reports the night before this trade happened that Melo had expanded his list, because originally he had, because he has the no-trade clause, originally he said he would only accept a trade to Houston, and then we kind of heard that it was Oklahoma City and Cleveland that he was also open to going and playing for. The Thunder don't really have a lot of first-round picks, but they have this very good second. Yeah, I love, throw I love the people on Twitter pointing out that the Knicks basically viewed it as an extra first-round pick, late first-rounder, because they expect the Bulls to land number 31. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cam- so true. Meanwhile, Cameron Payne is not expected to be back until November or December because of his uh, 
his foot injury. Okay, I need you to render judgment here. Um, am I right or wrong in saying that it is just... It's, it's incredible that the Bulls traded Doug McDermott, um, that second-round pick, and Taj Gibson for Cameron Payne. And then the Thunder used Doug McDermott, the second-round pick, and Ennis Cantor, a player who they benched in favor of Taj Gibson in the playoffs. Is Ennis Cantor better than Taj Gibson moving forward? Yes. Is he better for a rebuilding team like the Knicks? Absolutely. But he wasn't good enough to play over Taj Gibson the last time the Thunder dribbled a basketball. So they sent a similar talent in two things that the Bulls gave them for Carmelo Anthony, and the Bulls parted that to get Cameron Payne. Is that is that a fair is that a fair thing to laugh at? Because I think it's absolutely I, fair to laugh. At. I think it's fair to laugh at from the Bulls' perspective, but we also just need to give Sam Presti like if you look at what he did this offseason, he turned Victor Oladipo, who they were going to have to pay eighty four million dollars over the next four years, Demontis Sabonis, who you know I like, but you know he's, he was a rookie, we don't know if he's yeah. going to be good. And then Doug McDermott, who so far has not been able to be a consistent rotation player. Enos Cantor, who was overpaid. And uh, a second-round pick. Not even a first-round pick. And a second-round pick. Did you include Cameron Payne in there yet? No, I'm talking about just starting this offseason, what he did. Oh, starting this offseason. I think it started with the Cameron Payne trade. Well, we'll start, okay, <laughs> okay, so starting this offseason, he turned Oladipo, Sabonis, Payne. Or, not Payne. Oladipo, Sabonis, sorry, Freudian slip there. Oladipo, Sabonis, Cantor, McDermott, and a second-round pick that wasn't even his own second-round pick into Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Yeah, like phenomenal. <laughs> don't tell me, don't tell me, I need this context though when I made that, when I made that Bulls Thunder comparison. Absolutely, no. Cameron is... Payne and Carmelo Anthony. Oh my. Meanwhile, gosh. the Bulls gave up their own first-round pick in the Jimmy Butler trade. See, I, I, I'm, I'm not as mad as other people. Is Justin Patton going to be good? Like, It's not even Justin Patton. They could have drafted someone else with that pick. I like that John Collins kid that uh, Atlanta took at 19. I, I just don't view it as giving up the first-round draft pick. I view you it as be... moving up seven, nine slots to get a premium talent. You can't give up any kind of pick when you're trading a player as good as Jimmy Butler. You can't be giving up a pick with that. Like That's, to me, like... I'm sorry, we've been over this a month, a million times. That's, no, keep venting. That's what that's the people just, want. They want you to just express rage. That's just that's look. I'm answer. all in on the Lowry marketing bandwagon. So so am I. So, but you still I'm, have to when you're a rebuilding team. You have to have as many chances as possible to have a cheap young player who's on a rookie contract. What is Tom Thibodeau going to do with that first round pick? Well, I have the question is. The question is, would the Timberwolves have done the deal without that number six? Yes, you're getting Jimmy Butler. They said that it wasn't. They said that that was a thing. But come on, you're getting Jimmy Butler. You're not going to do that. You're not going to walk away from getting Jimmy Butler over the 16th pick. I'm sorry. I'm definitely probably um, sounding hypocritical here, so I'll just wear that one. Um, considering I just made some a little couple leaps of logic or whatnot with the Cameron Payne, Carmel Anthony com- connections there, but. I don't view this, again, as them giving up that first-round pick. They gave up a second-round pick for some cash. Um, I just view it as hopping up. Like, I think, look, we could look back, and this was, what, a 10-player draft in 2017? Yeah. And the Bulls were out on the outside looking in. Like, that could be the most important thing about the trade was the ability to get into the top 10 of that draft, and we might not be realizing how important that was and the cost that may have come with that. That said, yes, they 
when you trade a star of Jimmy Butler's ilk in his prime, as he's entering his prime at the height of his powers, you lose the trade. So Lowry Markkinen needs to be like a six-time All Star, probably for the Bulls not to lose that trade. How do you how do you think this trade affects Oklahoma City? Like I I still I don't I still don't think they're they're obviously going to beat Golden State, but like what? Okay, but like I, I, are they better than Houston now? I think they're better than San Antonio now. Are they like, how deep are they? I, I they're pretty deep. Like so, they're, so they're so they're they're four guys. Jeremy Grant, Darian's brother, who's, yeah. who's good. Raymond Felton, who's a fine backup point guard, I guess. Alex Garbage. Alex Abrinas, who was decent last year, rookie okay. year. And then Patrick Patterson, who they signed yeah, below market. So that's, that's, a, that's a decent nine-man rotation right there. Yeah, except for the Raymond Felton part. Did, can we take that? Maybe we should edit that out. We should also, we should also point out who, the, who the, uh, the Thunder signed to a non-guaranteed deal today. Isaiah Cannon? Former Bulls legend, Bulls playoff performer, former Isaiah Thomas scout team player, he, Isaiah he's Cannon. He's better than Raymond Felton. No, he's not. Okay, he's not. No. Uh, you know better than I do. You've watched more Raymond Felton in the last couple of years. Um, what about Dougie McBuckets in New York? I mean, he's going to certainly get plenty of opportunities this year. He's not on a team that's expected to be good. He's probably going to start at the three. You think he will? Okay. So who, who, who's the Knicks starting small forward right now? It was Carmelo Anthony. Ooh, yeah. And I mean, if... I mean, that's the... Look, I think the Knicks largely got... Like, not fleeced, because, again, they had no leverage. They were like the Bulls. They didn't want Carmelo to show up at training camp because the trouble was going to bring. I think this was fine. They get that second-round pick that's going to be good. They, you know... The, the Cantor deal's not great, but at least there's only one more year after this one. If they had trade, If they didn't trade with the Rockets, they would have had to take on three more years of Ryan Anderson's deal. Like, I just... There wasn't a deal. If they had been... If Melo had been willing to go to Portland... That would have, they, you know, they could have done something with, like, Harkless, Aminu. Like, they had, like, a first-round pick. Like, they had other pieces. Don't they you could agree actually... that the Bulls got... I, I know Jimmy Butler is in a totally different place because he's a two-way player. He's better than Melo, no doubt. Um, clearly, a, no one talks about Melo in the sense of a top-10 NBA player anymore at all. Probably not even top-20, maybe top-20, I don't know. Um, but, like, Jimmy Butler is probably a top-10 NBA player. But the Bulls got a lot more back in the Jimmy Butler trade than the Knicks got. I think it's not fair. It's not at all fair to compare them because Carmelo's 33 and yeah. he was only willing to waive his no-trade clause to a couple of teams, so the That's, Knicks had no leverage. You can't you can't use that. Just like you can't compare... That's the, 100%. Just like you, you can't compare the Butler trade with the other big star trades this summer. Like, Paul George was going to leave in a year anyway, and Chris Paul was going to leave... But that's why we hit record and... Try to make money. Off Chris this. Paul was also going to leave in a week. We got to compare everything. We got to compare everything. I think that McBuckets will be exactly what he's been <laughs> in Chicago, and Oklahoma City. Um, I think he's going to make three pointers, get roasted defensively, and probably not be part of the Knicks' um, long-term solution. No. That's what I say. No. Like I, I don't envision him starting when they're any good. Um, I think he. It's not, it's not too soon to give up on him, but I do feel like he's played enough basketball now in the last few years to know what he is in the NBA. And that's a rotation player who's good at knocking down three-pointers. But um, to slot him in as a starter, to me, um, I, I don't think huge things are going to happen there for him. But good for him. I mean, he's going to be in two of the three biggest markets in America and in the NBA within his first three or four years in the NBA there. Um, but getting back to the Thunder point uh, real quick, I do think they're better than the Rockets um, by the time they get it figured out at year's end. And so I'll think say never... that because I think they have a, a level defensively that they can get to mm-hmm. that the Rockets um, can't get to. And that's why I think... Um, so, you think they're they're number, really so you think they're number two in the West now? Yeah, I do. 
Well, yeah, I, I think by the end of the year, again, I think it's going to take time for them. And right. I think I said this about the Celtics, too. Like, the Spurs will probably get the two seed yeah. because they won't have as many hiccups and bumps in the road early. But by year's Their end... Their roster's also not that good, though. Every time we say that, Kawhi takes it to another level. Yeah, but I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm. This is gonna, yeah. this is gonna look terrible. I'm kind, I'm kind of out on the Spurs. Okay. Like I still think they're a top four. Are you team, gonna but tell I that to Greg Popovich to his face? I don't think Greg Popovich would really <laughs> cares what I think about. <laughs> he'd him. probably say thank you. <laughs> probably. He'd probably be like, okay. I, he'd probably be like, I agree. We're not as good. Like, he probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I. The thing that's really exciting to me about this situation in Oklahoma City is. Because, you know, with Paul George there, Carmelo basically has to play the four full-time now. Yeah, and that's something he's... He's uh, done well doing that. He hasn't really wanted to do he, it in not, New yeah, York. He hasn't wanted to do it. He's been but. great when he did it in uh, in the Olympics. Yeah. And at various times, when he has played the four in New York, the Knicks have been better. But, like... Who gets him, the last shot? Him sit Russ, just because, you know. Not, not Paul George? Not Russ. Him saying Melo saying yes to this trade, knowing what their roster is, means he consents to go to a situation where he's going to play power forward. So I think being on a good team, he's going to make the playoffs for the first time since that one good Knicks year in 2013. He's, I think, he seems like if he's ever going to buy into like taking a lesser role on a contender, it's going to be now. I'm really excited to see that because I still think, I still think Melo is a very useful. Like I was, I was one of the people in 2014 when the Bulls were going after him in free agency. I was one of the people who thought that he would have been a good fit there, and that was a good move to go after him. So I'm excited to see what he does on a good team where he's maybe one of the handful of guys as opposed to having to be the guy. Yeah, and look, the Melo deal, we we need to revisit that because summer 2014, he was truly torn between the Knicks and Bulls before agreeing to that 124 million dollar deal um, with the Knicks and. Ian Begley of ESPN New York had an excellent article um, over the weekend, yeah. and he said that one of Melo's close associates early in his first season after signing that new deal, so that would have been the 14-15 yeah. season, was already telling him, um, and he didn't report it at the time, but in hindsight, like he looks back and says, wow, this is where it got kind of nasty already, like... Melo was already saying just months into his new deal with the Knicks that he should have gone to Chicago, having second thoughts, and then he made the wrong decision. Well, hold on a second. Is, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this Woj tweet that I vividly remember from that summer. What? Keep talking it, for a second because it kind of ties into that. Okay. Well, I I just think the when we look at it going back, I side on the idea of talent. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, over probably fit like the fit would have come with Derrick Rose Jimmy Butler and uh Carmelo no doubt but it would have been difficult and the Bulls didn't have rebounding yet Pau Gasol and Nico Miritich but there's just so many storylines and subplots of things that could have changed with that like is Tom Thibodeau still employed in Chicago if does Jimmy Butler ever become as good as he is now if he has to share touches with Melo like if the Bulls get Melo do they beat the Cavs in the 2000 14-15 14-15 season, the 2015 time. That would have been interesting. It would have been a heck of... I mean, they played them anyway. Could have been a heck of a series um, that way. And if they go to the finals, does Tibbs leave? Um, when you're in the NBA finals, when you get there, um, a way of doing that, like, you have a way of putting your friction aside like they did for three years before that anyway, or two years before that anyway. And, you know, the other thing is that Carmelo and Tibbs are tight because of Team USA. Yeah. Those two guys had a relationship. Like, yeah, Carmelo respected Tibbs so much. 
um, that I think it probably would have worked in Chicago. Now, look, he's had, was it knee problems through the years? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a little bit of, and that, that contract might have hamstrung him for a while. But look, there could have been a lot of things that are different. The Bulls, the Bulls could right now still be in the similar position um, in needing to rebuild if they'd sign Mello then because maybe Jimmy Butler doesn't break out. Um, and then Mello's the star, obviously, for these years moving forward. And all of a sudden, he's in his final days here and is kind of breaking down as a player, and they're in the same spot. But I don't really know. It's just it's something that Bulls fans, and I know the Bulls front office, too, will always sit back and, and wonder about. So I found this Woj tweet that I was looking for. Uh, from July 9th, 2014, so a couple days before he re-signed in New York when like the Bulls were still seen to kind of be in the mix yeah. for him. This is from this is from uh, from Woj from around then. Within Anthony's circle, belief has been this. Sources tell Yahoo, get New York's 129 million dollars now. Figure out destination later. You can always get a trade. <laughs> it didn't work out how he wanted. Uh, Melo got what what he deserved probably when it comes. They didn't to make the playoffs a single time since he signed that contract. When you prioritize, and the Bulls could have offered like four years, seventy-two back then or something. If there was no sign. Well, he would have had to. He would have had to take less than max. The, the amnesty boozer, and then you know, yeah, would have had to do some other stuff to yeah, get. It would have. I mean, he was. He would have been leaving like fifty million dollars on fifty million on the table or forty million. Well, he could have. The thing is, he could have done what LeBron did and take a shorter deal. Uh, Melo missed that memo on the boat. The this is the second time I missed the memo because remember, a year if you, off if you go, if you remember that, that there was that there was a great Howard Beck story a couple years ago uh, on Bleacher Report about the friendship between LeBron and Melo, and originally when you know it was it was part of the plan that Melo would also take one of these shorter deals to line up with Wade and Bosh and LeBron so they could yeah. all be free agents together, and then Melo was like, no, I want the extra security, and took an extra year, so he could have been part of that. His legacy is going to be really interesting to think about when he's. Uh, uh, done playing because he you know he's one of the most talented players of his era he's clearly even first ballot hall of famer but like i feel like he, i almost compare him to just like like this generation's version of chris weber not that they're the same player but just yeah. that they were so talented and they kind of left so much on the table in terms of what they could have been yeah when it comes to winning in a greater sense and everything right and putting yourself in the best basketball position right um, and by the way, by the way, I do not begrudge Melo at all for taking that money. I do the same thing. Like he wanted to stay in New York, his family was happy there. I I don't blame him for taking the money. And he had absolutely nothing to do with the mess that was the Knicks front office and all the, the other Knicks decisions. are the Knicks are like look when you, are what when they you are. pay someone one hundred twenty four hundred twenty nine million whatever like you hamstring yourself in other ways. But the Knicks still made with every resource they had, the money they did have available to build around him. They screwed it all up. Pretty the Knicks, much the Knicks were a mess before Melo got there. The Knicks are going to be a mess after Melo got there. Yeah. I don't think that's really that's very that's true. not really his fault. And by and I also think that and I think and I think most like smart Knicks fans know this, but Melo has handled all of this, like all the Knicks dysfunction, all of the Phil stuff, true, everything bro. about being you know the guy in New York. He has handled that about as well as anybody can. Yeah, he's been a true pro. Um, I think that'll wrap it up yeah. for this episode of Locked On Bulls. We'll uh, we'll go see what Media Day fourteen sixteen true pros at, at Media Day in a little bit different uh, scenario. Thirteen than betas, thirteen betas, thirteen betas. I don't know if that uh, nickname, that moniker, is spreading like wildfire. Yeah, we'll, I know we'll it, it probably we'll will not be uh, be embraced internally. So the only place that it can really catch fire is probably Bulls Twitter and Locked On Bulls and Locked On Bulls. Um, but we'll keep you updated for media day. As always, follow Sean on Twitter at hiking myself at Cody Westerlin. 
Uh, Locked on Bulls is on Twitter and Facebook. By its name, email us at LockedOnBulls at gmail.com with questions, advertising inquiries, always welcome, and most of all, uh, subscribe to the podcast. That's right. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever else you can find podcasts. Go on there, subscribe, leave us a five-star review, tell your friends to subscribe. Check out the other Locked On podcasts as well. You know, the NFL's in full swing, and most NBA training camps start tomorrow so whatever nba team you're a fan of check out their locked on podcast uh check out locked on timberwolves if you wanted to keep up with uh jimmy butler doing nick friedell impersonations at wolves media day uh shout out to nick friedell that was a funny clip uh other than that if you want to advertise with us email us as always locked on bulls at gmail.com we will be back with you guys tomorrow after media day thanks for listening It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17.